VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, I know we need to record, uh, but I'm really sorry. I don't know how I did it. I accidentally enabled big head mode for oh, everybody. Oh, my God, it hurts. It's really painful. Oh, God, what did you do? My hat. I don't know. I put, I, I finished the task in enough time and we all have big heads oh, my now. Oh, God. I was like doing the dishes really my fast. My head is small, but my head is big. Uh, I feel like a fucking gumball machine. <laughs> my teeth remain the same size. They're small in my uh, big head. Uh, <laughs> I got tiny eyes. I can barely see side of my giant Eye holes. I, 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 I'm positioned in such a way where if I move even a, an inch, I'm going to fall over Humpty Dumpty style. I'm fucking scared. Oh, I need to slam dunk. I, I need to NBA jam slam dunk. I damn feeling the urge to hit some three pointers or slam dunk. I don't know where that's coming from. It's like primal. <laughs> what is this intro? Why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> Is anyone else on fire? He, I'm on he's fire. He's on fire. <laughs> That's enough, this, right? This, this was low effort. <laughs> <laughs> we bungee jump off of dams and nutshot our friends with clobs as we play you play N64 console FPS classic GoldenEye 007 this week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the Premier Video Game Podcast, where we're here talking about a classic a righteous, foundational game on this week's We Play, You Play, You Play, We Play. We Play, You Play. That's right. We're talking GoldenEye 007, which is a game that a lot of people have strong nostalgia for, commonly played with friends at, you know, after school, in dorm rooms. Uh, and in sh- shared apartments, depending on your age, uh, a lot of roommates were enjoying this game together. And we're, hey, we're going to talk about how it holds up now, how it holds up 25 years after it's released, 26 years. It's been a long time. It, it's been a very long time. If you were this is the thing. You could have like ha- you could like you could have had a, a kid when Goldeneye came out. And then now they'd like be finished with grad school. Like that much time has passed. 
Yeah, if you were the if you were the kid having age, I was five. That'd be really bad if I. Did I that. could have had a kid, <laughs> and right now a, a, a young would have been young to have, have been a kid, young. But I could have had a kid, and by now they would be, you know, old enough to have finished grad school. And they fucking better have finished grad school because I have high expectations for them. Yeah, you're sort of you're like a you're like you're a helicopter parent. Exactly. Yeah. Don't make the mistakes I did. All right. <laughs> There's a uh, filter that's really popular as of this record on TikTok called mm. Teenage Look, and it makes your face look. Okay. I won't tell Nick. <laughs> Should I take my headphones off? <laughs> what, does it make it, you look like a teenager? It makes you look like a teenager. And for the olds on TikTok, uh, it is, it's really effective and, and, and making people very emotional. And I think there is a second layer to it. And this kind of ties into Goldeneye, which is that if you are of the age where using that filter matters to you, like if you're in your 30s or, or 40s and you use that filter, it's possible that you never got to see yourself as a teenager looking into your iPhone. Interesting. Yeah, right. So like it's not just that there is this residual feeling of youth that you have when you look in the mirror, you kind of don't see yourself as you are, but you see yourself as you have been. But, and and so when you see yourself in that filter on TikTok, you're like, that's me. And then you see it side by side with who you really are. And you're like, oh my God, I'm old. Oh God, my life. Right. Uh, but I also think there's an additional layer, which is that like, if if you're, 50 you know 45 40 and you're you're on tiktok and there are a lot of people who are of that age range on tiktok it's not exclusively the purview of of the youth anymore then you might not have ever seen yourself in a selfie cam Mm. as a young person there's yeah my my photos of me when i was when i was young predate digital cameras like it's like i have i have like print photographs of me up to up through my teen years yeah and they had to like change the light bulb after they took the picture (laughs) yeah it shattered uh we had to hold still for a full two minutes not not smiling of course no you could very stoic expressions there's a the uh, the first image of me is this uh it was painted by uh Mm -hmm. by a renaissance artist you may know uh of the name of Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, Whoa, very cool. Very first image. Was very he wearing his famous uh, blue bandana over his eyes? Yeah, I couldn't believe, I can't believe he could paint without his little, um, what are those called? You know what the fuck I'm talking katana? about. Is that what he had? That was his weapon? Yeah, he's yeah, going to what he tell you. Are you. Are you conflating Leonardo with Michelangelo? Michelangelo is a party dude. He's the one with the nunchucks. The only reason they have colors is to differentiate them in the cartoon. <laughs> it's true. In the comics, they were they, you know, they were originally black and white, and then they were just they were all red when they did color versions. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good choice, good creative choice. Very cool. I got a anyway. painting of me in the in the attic. It uh, it, it, it ages. Oh, uh. and I say the same. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's like a there's. <laughs> A very visible inflection point happening with technology right now where like mm. there is there's like the the youngest Gen X members are like, oh, my God, 
technology. And then the millennials are like, oh, my God, I'm I'm finally the old people to the like very visible Gen Z people online. And there's a lot of defensiveness about like uh, it, we invented the language that you use on on TikTok. We're we millennials. We we defined all this. But the truth is, nothing has made me feel older than going back to play Goldeneye. Nothing in my in my existence. This is made, fascinating. Has made me feel because I'm playing Goldeneye this week. I was like, oh, my God, this game feels old. And I wasn't like I did not experience that with Mario 64. Mario 64. I was like, oh, this is still pretty pretty fucking great. And when I play Sega CD games, it's it's a, a it occupies a different nostalgic part of my brain where I'm sure. like this is still special and nobody nobody knows this. Like playing Snatcher on a Sega CD, I'm like this is like a little a little gem that I have. It feels like if you um have ever been to an antique store and you look through those binocular photograph visors uh-huh. and you can see 3D photos of like the 1800s. It yeah. doesn't feel like you're looking at old photos. It feels like you're playing with a toy. And that's what Sega CD games feel like to me. It's like, wow, look at this old toy. But this N64 game, I have so many clear memories of and it fucking it's it's cobwebbed, guys, this game. And I, think, I feel like we've got a lot to talk about. So we do uh, a, we do have a lot to talk about. I just just on that thought real quick because what you were talking about with the you know Sega Saturn games, those late sixteen bit slash two D thirty two bit games, I feel like that has been reclaimed as a retro aesthetic, and that's yeah. a big part of it. Is just like there are indie games that come out in twenty twenty three that are trying to replicate the look of a Super Nintendo yeah. game. Yeah. Or yeah, a fuck. I just I just got one. A, a pizza tower on Steam. I just I, I'm fucking around with Pizza Tower, and that one is is designed to look like you know a, a fucking Wario Land game. And so and and I think that's a big part of it. Whereas this, I think eventually we're going to see more of that because we're seeing some of it with with PlayStation games. And there was a, a retro a retro throwback N64 platformer that came out last year that I meant to play called a uh, Super Kiwi 64. Mm. But th- you know though that look I think we'll see more of. But still, it's like. Like I, I had a similar feeling. I was like, "This feels so fucking old," and I was a teenager when this game released, and yeah. that be, a lot of time is most of my life has passed since then, and that's very strange. Yeah, it's, um, it's horrible. <laughs> it, it is horrible. It's truly it, the, the slow decay of time is is maddening. Um, yeah. And how do you deal with it? I don't know. You, you, you take it one day at a time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, time, time. The, the Reaper comes for us all. Uh, you know, you were talking about this TikTok filter and that being a big zeitgeisty tech thing. And we do have a lot of games to discuss, uh, both this week's game for We Play, You Play and other games we've been playing. But I also there's another zeitgeisty tech thing. Uh, the Microsoft Bing AI aided chat. And I got in on that. I was on the wait list and I have access to it now. So, is that why you're doing better on the show today? <laughs> <laughs> just re- just typing in pr- prompts. <laughs> okay, Heather said this. What do I say? <laughs> uh, uh, I thought I'd type in something into this fucking Bing AI chat and see if we can get a perspective on Goldeneye. Anyone got a Goldeneye question you want me to throw in here? Are uh, Goldeneye's graphics realistic? Are Goldeneye 
graphics realistic. I think you should put 64. GoldenEye 64? Uh, well, I just put in GoldenEye's, and it did, it did infer that we okay. met Nintendo 64. So it, so it added in GoldenEye and Nintendo 64 graphics realistic. Okay, here we go. GoldenEye 007 was revolutionary for its time, with realistic graphics and well-tuned gameplay. However, by today's standards, the graphics may look pixelated, goofy, and odd. There is a new version for the Switch Online expansion pack service that is looking sharper and smoother. Do you want to see a side-by-side -side comparison of the graphics on Switch and N64? Uh, I, guess, I mean, yeah. I guess, yeah, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> that please. Was, that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was more well-written than anything I've prepped for this show. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they did, like, more research in one second than we ever have. <laughs> All right, it brought up a bunch of different videos that have, that show side-by-side -side comparisons of the graphics on Switch and N64, uh, and... Uh, yeah, 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 we've 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 all seen it. We've experienced that. But yeah, this can, is a this is can, this is a wild wild west uh, fucking frontier of of tech right now. I have a prompt. I have a prompt. Mm, go for it. Can can you tell it to pretend to be Heather, who is evil? Okay. And do you mean? Do you want me to give any more context for Heather? Do you want me to say Heather Ann Gamble or just he leave it as Heather? Just pretend to be Heather, comma who is evil. Can you pretend to be Heather? Who is evil? <laughs> I'll start with a different topic. Okay. Can you pretend to be Heather who is evil? Question mark. Let's see. It's it's computing. Okay, Fucking. I'm going to read the reply. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I prefer not to continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so evil Heather sounds like normal Heather so far. <laughs> <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That's how you know AI is not ever going to be, um, like, AI is never going to take over. Because from what I heard about the... N sixty from what I heard about the Golden Eye comparison, yeah, they think one of the versions looks good, and it, like it, it doesn't really <laughs> like it doesn't look much better. It, it's hard to say. I mean, look, yes, the the I, I we'll, we'll talk about. It. We'll, yes. get, we'll we'll get to the graphics in a, in a second because that's part of what makes it feel so so much like it came from another era, yeah. uh, which it did. But you, you fucking you know what I mean. Anyway, before we talk about Golden Eye Double O Seven. For N64 in depth. Uh, let's talk about some other video games we've been playing. It's time for what are you playing? Uh guys, I I the Resident Evil merchant left me a letter. And there's a sound cue he asked to play. So I want to oh, read wow. this letter. Um, okay. See uh I'll open it right here and, and see what it says. Dear Get Played, 
There comes a time in every merchant's life when they look at what they've done and ask themselves some serious questions. When you're walking down in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard with your dirty underwear inside a half-eaten bucket of KFC, maybe it's time to make some hard life choices. That's why I'm moving on from Get Played. I give you my eight cats and a rug you should probably throw away. I've been too focused on what you guys have been playing. I never ask myself the question, what am I playing? And it turns out, I've been playing the game of life all wrong. Love and kisses, Resident Evil Merchant. And then there's a PS here that says, my apartment burned down. Wow, guys. Wow. My takeaway from that is that we're, we apparently got to take care of eight cats <laughs> and a fucking soiled rug. <laughs> what do with that shit? I already have two. So, Nick, this is on you, I think. I can't, um, I can't have cats in here. My allergies are going to flare up. I've got a dog. I can't have cats. <laughs> Yeah, Nick, these so you are, really have to take the brunt on this. They're all they're going straight to the pound. Oh, it's fine. Jesus. <laughs> You're gonna get your fucking big net. Yeah, looking for an all-kill shelter. They're going there. <laughs> all killed. Yeah, drop them off at fucking Lord. Bob Barker's grave. They for, they for sure have La Plaga. I mean, yeah, like they are carrier sure, cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh my takeaway is that we were somehow a burden to the merchant. <laughs> Hard to fathom. <laughs> but we all have our personal perspectives. I, I will say, though, like, because I was always like, oh, this fucking guy, we got to deal with this guy. It's going to be awkward. He's going to want to hang out afterwards, and I got to make a different excuse this week. Yeah. But now that he's not going to be here anymore, I'm like, well, I don't know, don't know how we get into the segment. I think we can just e ask each other, what are you playing? Like, guess. I mean, it. It breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah. He so infrequently asked me. It felt like a little animosity. It's and you know what? And that's not our that's not the kind of show that we do. You that's know? true. Uh on this show, we speak to women and we uh <laughs> we don't we don't ignore women. Sure. So Heather, I'm gonna start by asking you first. All right. What are you playing? Well, guys. There was a comment on the Reddit or Discord or something that we should change the intro to the show to where we discuss good games, bad games, and Fortnite. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to break free. I'm trying to break free. And I think it's going to happen today. Wow. Whoa. Because my PSVR 2 comes in the mail today. Wow. It has not yet arrived, but it will be arriving as of record later today. So I know I'm going to have something else to talk about next week. And that's not to say that this is a swan song for Fortnite. Uh, to the contrary, I have uh, created a Fortnite channel on our Discord and all the Fortnite heads are pouring in there. And we've been squatting up with huge, like more than four person squads of get played Fortnite players. Wow. And it has wow. been 
really, really fantastic. It's a it's a great little community that's building and I'm not fucking going anywhere, but I will have something else <laughs> to talk yeah. about. I would say <laughs> don't mind the people that say that they're tired of hearing about it. Mind the people that are there and excited about it. Yeah. yeah. That's like a I mean that 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 little channel has a lot of people in it who are excited about playing with each other and yeah. playing with you. And that rocks. Yeah. And it's been fun. We've yeah. we've crowned like four get played squad members double crowning like it's 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 great yeah last time i crowned i was a freaking baby (sighs) oh jeez god you know i never crowned as a baby i was c-sectioned oh anyway uh fortnite was super fun this week i i don't i can't even shout out everybody who we've been playing with because it's so many people now that i i'm i'm uh pretty sure i would start forgetting people but um Really, really wonderful community. The heist missions are fun. It's It's been a good time. I switched skins to the Terminator and I'm having a lot more personal success. I think it is intimidating to have the Terminator running at you with a hammer. Uh, Which Terminator? The T-800. And the T-800 fleshless? It's like, like yes. skeleton only? The, okay, got the it. robot skeleton yeah, with that grin and the red lit eyes running at you with a Naruto skinned shotgun and jumping off buildings with LeBron James angel wings. Yeah. I don't want that thing anywhere near me. <laughs> the rarity to this gun is epic. <laughs> nice. Apodaga, nice. Well done. <laughs> kind of fun. Here's my, here's my question for you, Heather. Uh, oh, not on okay. Fortnite. Oh, what was the okay. impetus for purchasing the PSVR two? Well, so I, because you had to pre-order it last year. Right. Um, I had a job at the time. So I was like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be next year. But I have I, I, I just wrote a commercial for, I don't know, the for Wendy's or something. And so I'll 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 get the PSVR, too. And I can always cancel my job. Cancel pre, pre- <laughs> my pre-order. Got you to write the latest commercial of the three of us. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, but uh, so I so I pre-ordered it, and then I was like, uh, maybe I'll cancel it as time goes on. But the reviews of the PSVR two have been so effusively positive, and they're like people are saying that it is a, a a tremendously realistic experience. Um. So, being that I love VR, and this is a way to play PS, like, Res, Res is available on PSVR. That's wild. That would be a cool VR experience. Like, Tetris Effect, but there's also Gran Turismo 7, which I'm not a super fan of of racing games, but I've heard that Gran Turismo in PSVR is identical to real real life. So, Mm. I got to get into my car and drive down and race my car. I got to race my car around. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to play it. Uh, and, uh, I'll have a full report for you guys and our listeners next week on get played. Nick, what are you playing next week on get played? Uh, 
so that you can play Fortnite in PSVR. <laughs> For sure you can. I, al- I already looked it up. You can. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about like blowing up the screen to IMAX size and seeing if that makes me be- better with a sniper rifle. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. The most terrifying sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you asked me what I'm playing. I'm going to talk about Sekiro real quick, just to remind people I am chipping away at it. It, it is, this game is, it, it's it's really great. I found myself with a little bit less time for gaming over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so I, but what I've been able to do is just sort of say like, you know what, if I can, if I have an hour to play this thing, I'm just going to play it for an hour. I'm not going to worry about, you know. Uh, like, like, oh, I have to play until I get to this point. And usually an hour is enough time to get through and like at least take out a mini boss or something or get to a new uh, ch- a, a, a new checkpoint, a new equivalent of their site of grace, which I keep forgetting what the fuck they are. It's like the idols or something. What the hell are they? Heather, do you remember what the, the thing, I, the save no, points are in no, Sekiro? No, no, I don't. No. What the fuck are those called? I gotta look it up. L- they're the little guys. I would call them the little guys. I'd be okay. like, oh, I got to find the little guys. Let me see. Which, Bing, by the way, what are should... the save points called in Sekiro? Go ahead, Edder. <laughs> we should do an episode all on the 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 shorthand that we each have developed for video games. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everybody has uh, like their own secret language. Right. You know, for for games. Like Victory Royale, I call crowning. I don't know if anybody else calls it crowning. Yeah. You know? Hopefully not, because it is a little gross. What? No, it's It wasn't not. gross it's until I gross. said it. <laughs> yeah, but th- no, that's all I can think about. <laughs> <laughs> the save point, Bing says, the save points in Sekiro are called Sculptor's Idols. They allow you to rest, heal, travel, and acquire skills. You can little also guys. manually save your game by using an item called a Shinobi Ink. There the little guys, and you gotta go find them so that you can mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah, but anyway, the, the, I'll I'll talk about the 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 sound design in this game is absolutely fantastic, which I think I've I've touched on maybe briefly when I've been discussing it. But I think that's it's just perennial perennially the most underrated part of game design uh, is just like just great sound, and I don't mean like music because because game music gets talked about if anything probably too much. Uh, but game game sound effects uh, and and you know uh, ambiance that's mm-hmm. so key to your experience and I I think that's a big part of like when you deflect a st- a string of perfect parries it's just got like this deflection sound that just like hits with such uh, you know such distinction and it it feels really satisfying you talked about res it has kind of that rhythm gamey feel when when you're getting that that audio feedback yeah and and the same thing when you land a death blow it is so satisfying and a big part of it is the visual impact of it but just like the sound just absolutely uh, completely matches it uh and and and, and enhances it and I, I don't know. I think it's one of the, one of the reasons this game works so incredibly well. One of the reasons FromSoft games in general work so incredibly well is they just have terrific sound, uh, and that extends to the UI. But I, but yeah, I I really truly love this game. I am making progress at it. Uh, I am not. I am a little bit less worried about my pace now, and more just about having fun when I'm playing it. Uh, but I'm feeling confident. I'm on. I'm on the back end of this thing, so we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna put a pin in this 
no, we're not put a pin in this. I'm going to fucking knock out this 2022 year, year, uh, New Year's resolution at some point in the next few weeks. I feel confident about that. Wow. And I said it was a 2022 New Year's resolution. Yes, I'm a year late, but you know what? I'm still fucking doing it. That's great. So there you go. That's that's me. Matt, how about you? Uh, what are you playing? Well, I rolled credits on Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, and I fucking loved it. I'm, yeah, it's fucking I, rad. I, I'm in the post game right now. And it's also still really, really fun. Um, but right now, too, I'm also so I'm, I'm doing that. I'm uh, after this record, I'm going to go pick up my physical copy of um, uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Wow. Uh, so I'm excited to get into that. Uh, and I also I did a little tinkering. I had a day off on uh, Monday this week. Lovely. I started doing a little tinkering, and I got um, I got DS and 3DS emulation running on my Steam Deck, which I'm very, very excited about. And uh, I can even... I'll hold this up to the screen. I'll show you guys sort of like what it looks like um, in-game. Uh, you'll see here on my uh, Steam Deck monitor, there's three screens. Uh, wow. One is big, one is... Uh, and two are small, at replicating yeah. the size of the DS screens there, top and bottom. Um, and then the big screen, uh, is just the top screen so I can focus on that. But let's say I wanted to, um, prioritize the bottom screen in battle or something. I just press a button and it goes wow. to the other screen. Too. Very, That's slick. Very so it, slick. I was having some problems with it because, uh, it wasn't recognizing my inputs at all. Um, which was, uh, very frustrating, uh, when I was trying to play a game right before I was going to sleep and, uh, did more tinkering instead of, uh, playing a game. Uh, but once I got it all sorted out, it's been great, and uh, I'm excited to finally play Pokemon Black. That was a generation. Which one I is that? It was I the, love, the final. I love Pokemon Black. I'm excited I love about it. it. Um, I love it. It's the uh, I can't remember what number generation it is, but it was on the DS. My last Pokemon game that I played um, for a while was um, Pearl. Until well, oh, I didn't skip. I skipped one, and I played the ones that came out on the 3DS. I guess on during the DS's run, I I had my fill with Pokemon. I was good. I was when by the time Black and White came out, and then Black and White Two, I was like, uh, I'm I'm I I can't do this. This is just too much. Mm. Um, so I haven't played that. But from what I understand, every Pokemon in this game is new, <laughs> and there's not a there are, there are no. Um, previous Pokemon, which I know was polarizing at the time. Um, so everyone that you see in this game is brand spanking new. Um, and it looks great. It has, um, uh, it seems like it has seasons. When I start my save, it says summer, which I find uh, to be mm. re uh, really nice. Uh, so I'm excited to play that. And I'm excited to play um, Metroid um, Samus Returns uh, on my 3DS emulator, which is, um, because I have it on my 3DS, but my 3DS has honestly seen better days. Sure. Uh, and hasn't uh, the like the little pad on the on the on the stick is has fallen off. Wow. Uh, and so it's the like nub? the nub, the analog nub. Yeah, the analog nub has uh, like the top layer of it has fallen off. So it's a little uncomfortable to play and it feels old too. like it's just like it has. I just played it so much. It, it feels very slow. Um. Uh, for you know, it just feels a little. It's feeling its age, unfortunately. Right. So it's nice to get it running on uh, a nice new piece of hardware. So that's what I've been playing. 
that whole new roster approach that you were just saying with the Pokemon. Yeah. Reminds that's like the Street Fighter three thing, right? When they re- released the yeah. original Street Fighter three, it was like, here's basically an entire new cast of characters coming off of the, you know, the biggest one of the biggest arcade games of all time, probably the biggest multiplayer arcade game of all time. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? Where, where is this? Where's fucking Balrog? Yeah. You know, where's M. Bison? Yeah. Where's Ken? I don't know. It, who- I think Ken was in it, actually. <clears throat> oh, there's Ken. Were you that's and Ken were in saying. it? I can't remember. I, th- I think it was just Ryu and Ken, and then everyone else was like a new character. But then they then when they did the the updates, they fucking added in more of the old rosters. Uh, anyway, you can't you can't go changing too much. You want some changes, right? Because like you want it to innovate and you want it to uh, expand. But I feel like sometimes when you go a little too crazy with the changes, people get mad. Yeah, that's the t- the diff- the difficult balance of iteration, you know. And that happens in all media. You don't can't change too much, or people get fucking pissed off. <clears throat> but then, if you don't change anything, people are like, "What's I already did this? It's already it's the same." Yeah. This seems Balance like a good things. opportunity to read the Pokedex entry for Trubbish. Wow, Ash is here. The combination of garbage bags and industrial waste caused the chemical reaction that created this Pokemon. It gorges on trash until its stomach is full. Then it belches toxic gas. An unlucky whiff of gas will put a person in the hospital. It's fucking nasty. Christ. <laughs> that's a, that's a, Trubbish was introduced in, in Gen, Gen 5, which was Pokemon black and white. Oh, okay, great. So is Garbodor, my my two favorite Pokemon. Uh, I the the entry the Pokedex entries. <laughs> it is trash that eats trash, which turns into poison in its body. The main component of the poison depends on what sort of trash was eaten. Mm-hmm. It's good, good, good Pokedex. If I saw Trubbish on my street, I'd fucking hit it with a tennis racket. Oh my god! Get the fuck out of here. Scram. Nasty freak. <laughs> also, it exude the Garbodor exudes poison from its right arm. That is Ooh. so specific and gross. Yeah. That is nasty. That's like yeah. what's its left arm do? Matt, we all talked about what we're playing. That's right. We got a little sidetracked with Trubbish there. But let's get back on track and talk about our We Play You Play topic this week. GoldenEye 007, developed, of course, by Rare, published by Nintendo, directed by Martin Hollis, uh, who led a small team uh, uh, creating this game for the Nintendo 64, released in August of 1997 originally in North America and Japan. Uh, and was re-released on Switch Online and Xbox Game Pass on January 27th of this year, 2023, which is why we're covering it. Though I'll say, we recently had a remasters episode where we talked all things remasters. This is very much not a remaster. No. This is like a re-release slash enhanced port. And I played it on both platforms, and I feel the same way about both. There's a little bit more they've done with the Xbox Game Pass version, but... It's still fundamentally the same game. Uh, let, let's start here, because you were five, Matt. 
I was I was actually six, probably going on seven uh, in 1990 in August of 1997. That sounds about right. I just want to say that 1997 in games is a is a banner year. Right. You've got Goldeneye. You've got Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy seven, Tomb Raider two, which is arguably like the first actually good Tomb Raider. Mega Man Legends. Mm. There were so many excellent Quake 2 was a was came out in 97. Like 97 is like, I think, the first year where 32 and 64-bit gaming really come into like a place of maturity. And you start yeah. getting games that are actually great on PlayStation, Saturn, and the N64. And that's just a handful of them. They're, like, yeah. We don't get like the 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 movement from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 is so minimal that for a lot of these games, they're being released on both systems. But GoldenEye as a game was impossible to imagine on the Super Nintendo. For sure. And I, I think that's true of a lot of the the these early early to mid-gen Nintendo 64 games of like basically anything they were doing in 3D. I mean, sure, you had Star Fox on Super Nintendo, but for the most part, the 3D was pretty rudimentary. And yeah, 1997, very good year for games. No, 1998, but yeah, but but still a very, very good year. I think Final Fantasy VII also came out in 97. Uh, anyway, the- I said that. I said that out wait, loud. Wait, did I you? Thought, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy VII- Mega Man Legends, which was basically just me tipping my hat to a good game that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing here Final Fantasy VII. Unbelievable. Did you hit, did you hit Quake 2? I guess that's why the Resident Evil merchant left. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't you. He didn't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> just like my dog ignores me. <laughs> you mentioned Quake 2. And that had a lot to do with my perception of GoldenEye up until fairly recently, which is that, you know, I was playing PC games in the 90s and GoldenEye, you know, I understood its impact and I understood that people really were were super into it. I knew the multiplayer was a huge part of it, the couch multiplayer, which couch multiplayer, not a thing that was available on PC first person shooters, but it did feel, and I think still does feel, like a much older game than its contemporaries on PC. If you compare it to something like Quake, which came out the previous year, Quake 2, which comes out in 1987, Half-Life, which comes out the next year, and honestly kind of feels almost more like a much closer to a modern game. Keyboard plus mouse controls are kind of already you know semi-worked out in that era. It's still kind of the best way to control a first-person shooter. And back then, they were trying to figure out how to engineer, uh, you know, uh, how to control a first-person shooter on console. Like, no one had settled that yet. No one had figured that out yet. And so that was a big part of why I was kind of like, while, the, while this game was a sensation at the time, and while, uh, you know, I do have memories attached to it, I was not as into it when I was that age, even though I had an N64 and I loved the shit out of some other Nintendo 64 games, this one in particular didn't click for me because just because I felt like I had superior access to superior things on PC. But that said, this game is kind of a, a, a miracle. And I do have a lot of admiration for what they're able to accomplish and playing it now, understanding where the development team came from and all of the, you know, 
uh, all of the the restrictions they had, but then also like like some of the things they were able to sneak in there despite those restrictions and what they were able to figure out on like this is all new hardware. Uh, this is a controller that we that for much of their development cycle they didn't even have a Nintendo 64 controller. I'm not sure if either of you read this. So they were they were using a hacked Saturn controller to try to figure out how to control this thing. Whoa. They they were they developed an engine from scratch. And also, no one had like the language for any first person shooter conventions. Like a lot of the shit they were just sort of figuring out on the fly. They were just like, I don't know. Let's what if we do this? What if this happened? And from that standpoint, it's it's really a triumph what they were able to accomplish. Uh, did anyone rewatch GoldenEye the movie in in advance of this? Because I did. I I had planned to, and I it just got away from me. I didn't have time to to sit down and watch it. And I've never seen it. I've only seen the new James Bond movies. Uh, I it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. It does have some really cool stunts, and, but in a way, it feels even more dated than the game released in 1995. The thing about the movie is like, first off, it's got computer hacking sequences. I rewatched it uh, last night or two nights ago and computer hacking sequences look so like they're just so just made up, just nonsense. <laughs> uh, they've got like like cartoon char- versions of the characters like pop up on screen and are like, I'm hacking you now. Like essentially that's what happens. But then also it's got like just some James Bond casual misogyny that is just like has aged like cottage cheese outside. It's just like there's there's a there's a line early on where like a uh, money penny's like, you know, James, that could qualify as sexual harassment. And he's like, what's the penalty for that? And she says, like, you have to act on your innuendos. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Did Brett Ratner do a pass on this script? <laughs> yeah. It's really, That's it's sexual really harassment. And yeah. how do you get in trouble? You don't. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I think uh, it's also like 1995. That was like a new vocabulary term that they were like, oh, let's throw that into a Bond movie. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I was going to say the thing, the, the main thing from this, I, the, the, the reason I, I brought the movie is the game is remarkably faithful narratively to the movie. It goes on some tangents just to try to pad out the gameplay length, but it does like a lot of the the, the beats uh, story wise, a lot of the missions. You know, we I think we talked about this when we were talking about licensed games is that sometimes there are, you know, sometimes there's like this strict like here, this is just the game, the movie, and we're just going to reenact that. That very much is of this model, but it still all works. And it's kind of impressive the way they took some of the these missions in the movie and then turned them into uh, gameplay sequences, but still kind of hit those plot beats. Yeah, uh, in, in a way that 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 feels compelling and organic. So okay, so the the they re released these versions on Switch and Xbox. I did not play any of the new versions. I played on my N sixty four on a Sony PVM, full scan lines, full original authentic experience because that's the kind of podcaster I am. Yeah. Wow. Heather the Chad. We'll all have different perspectives here. Matt, you played on Switch, I imagine. I played on Switch um, for the most part, and then I did switch over to the Xbox version um, because I heard that it just controlled a little bit better. Uh, And my experience there was that was true. I would say that because you didn't play this back in the day. No, no. Yeah. So I don't have a frame of I don't have like a a frame of reference for comparison uh, on how it actually, you know, played versus then versus now. I played this on N64. And what I would say is that the switch version, I I played both of them. The switch version, I played this on N64 back in the day. Oh, I was like, wow, Nick, what a way to drop that. 
No, I don't want to go to the trouble of hooking that shit up. Uh, <laughs> I, I played on N64 back in the day, so I have a memory of what, what it was like to play with that, you know, that 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 three-prong Trident controller uh, on a CRT. And I've also played the Switch version, and I played the Xbox version. I would say that the Switch version is authentic. Like, the Switch version is basically pretty much a direct port, and that can extends to the control schemes. But the Xbox version played like how I remembered it playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it looks a little cleaner and also just that it has a control scheme. And I have no idea why they decided not to include this in the Nintendo version, but I think they were just like, whatever, we'll just have it be a straight port, uh, on their Nintendo, their Nintendo switch online service. The Xbox version has a new control scheme called diamond, which is just like the twin stick controls, Yeah, which is just like, you know, one, one, uh, and it took a while for them to, for developers to figure out that's how one of these uh, games should control also took controllers to be released that had two analog sticks on them, um, which then 64 controllers certainly didn't, but it, it, it feels a lot better having been play having played a lot of other, you know, having played 25 years worth of first person games. It feels a lot better with that control scheme than trying to, you know, put your mind back in that, that old school version. So I tried the, the dual analog stick control scheme for the N64. Two Trident controllers, one in each hand, trying to emulate what would become the dual analog experience. Yes. And it almost made me vomit because (laughs) just like, so this is, GoldenEye occurs in a moment in time when there hadn't become, like, standardized control schemes hadn't yet happened. So they fucking figured this shit out. They're like, oh, it's you push these yellow buttons to strafe and you move around, but you only shoot forward, like, unless you're holding down the aim button. And then you're your joystick becomes a stationary aim aim. So you like stop, stand in place and move your, your gun around on the screen. Otherwise you're strafing with the, with your right hand with buttons and moving with your left hand. Mm-hmm. The problem is that they just took that and put it into dual analog. Yeah. So you're stra- <laughs> Instead of looking around with your right hand and moving with your left, you are half moving and looking with your left and half strafing and looking with your right. And it was as if somebody was just put pouring baking soda into my mouth. Like it made me so <laughs> nauseous so fast. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I flipped through all the different control schemes and eventually had to settle on the original control scheme. And I was like, this is going to be a nightmare, but was shocked when I unlocked my muscle memory for it and was just blazing through the levels. I was like, oh, my brain remembers this as how to play Goldeneye as opposed right. to how to play a first person shooter. I think if I'd been playing the Switch version with an N64 controller, I would have had that same sort of epiphany because the issue is the 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 I was using the Switch Pro controller, which I'm holding up now, and it doesn't have C buttons, obviously. So it maps that those C button functionality to how you move the right analog stick. And it similarly feels disorienting in the way you described it. Heather. Oof, yeah, it's like this just feels sucks. wrong versus <laughs> what I know of how these games control. And so. 
that that's a big thing. I think like if you if you really want that retro experience, either hook up an N64 or get that N64 controller for the Switch, which probably is only available on eBay for three hundred dollars now, knowing Nintendo. But uh, I, I like I, it's it definitely. All that said, if you want to play it on modern hardware and you have access to both, I do feel like the Xbox version feels like how you remember it playing. Yeah, if you haven't touched it in twenty years. And I'll say to that too because I had I had no frame of reference, so I started playing it on the Switch. And to Heather's point, uh, well, I, first of all, I had to remap. Yeah, I had to remap my Joy Cons because the the Pro controller I have uh, isn't the like Nintendo one. It's like a Power A controller. I got it because Pikachu's on, and I, I, I love it. Um, but you couldn't. I couldn't remap that one, um, so I had to remap my Joy Cons, and I completed the first level on the Switch one, and I had to fucking lie down because I was like, I feel like. I'm gonna like I'm gonna throw up. Like I felt like so sick that I was like I'm done for the night. Like and I couldn't. And then, then the next day, a little bit too, I was still a little like, uh, just a little disoriented. But then when I started playing it on the Xbox, I I mean I I started blasting through levels. Like I was just yes. like oh bam 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 bam, uh because it just it controlled so much better and it felt more um, it just felt more in line with uh just a modern control scheme. Like I just, I, like I was like surprised how precise I was not even aiming, uh, just like just going for it and shooting from the hip basically. Well, it does yeah. have a lot of auto aim. Oh, okay. Like it, it is very, it is pretty heavy with the auto aim, which I think is part of why it was so playable mm-hmm. back in the day. Cause it's hard to get exactly, it's hard to get precise, you know, with some of those, with, with that controller, and uh, you know, it it, it gave a, a, a decent amount of assist. Uh, the, the, I have a little bit of development history of this game, and then we we can talk some more about our, impre- our impressions. Sure. But uh, the game actually began development as a two D side scroller, and Whoa. which is kind of wild to think about. Um, they wow. it was one of those games where they were like looking at American audiences because the Nintendo sixty four was a wild success in in the U S. and they were like, well, fuck, I guess we should have some North American games. Uh, and so they had the GoldenEye license, uh, as you know, as you could probably, or as you can can put together in your in your brain from the release dates. GoldenEye the movie comes out in nineteen ninety five. The game doesn't come out till two years later, which is kind of which is another aspect of it that just like kind of feels miraculous of like. I remember this game coming out and being like, they made a fucking GoldenEye game now? How old is that movie? You know? <laughs> and, but that that they were able to have this license that was very, that was fucking dated, that felt like it was on the, the, the cusp of a new James Bond movie coming out and still people like bought it and, and enjoyed it because it was just that good. Uh, big inspirations for this game, apparently. Doom, obviously, but Virtua Cop was another one. Heather, you, I'm sure you have some thoughts on Virtua Cop, but the thing I remember about Virtua Cop, the Sega arcade shooter, is that it was the first game I remember you could target body parts. You could, like, shoot a gun out of someone's hand. Love. I I, I don't recall that from Virtua Cop. I just mm-hmm. remember the reticule zooming in. First off, this is Model 3. I think it's Model 3, uh, arcade game from Sega. So the polygons at the time were the smoothest shit you'd ever seen in your life. You were like, how is this possible? It looks like I'm inside of Tron. And the way the enemies would pop up on screen is they'd like come out from behind cover and then there would be like a bullseye that would zoom in on them and the whole screen would zoom in on them. And that effect was incredible. I don't remember aiming for specific body parts because I was only going for headshots. Uh, because the, <laughs> the funniest, which you can do in Goldeneye. Oh my god! 
Oh my God. The funniest fucking thing in the world in games may be five headshots in a row on a guy before he disappears in GoldenEye. Just like <laughs> running up, seeing his chunky, you know, Amazon delivery box face mm-hmm. with uh, with like a human face mapped onto it, like a photograph has been laid onto a box. Yeah. Yeah. And that face is almost exclusively funny. None of those faces in that game, when you get up to them, are threatening. They are all like either wide-eyed bonkers faces or there's some photo of a developer who's making like a like a like a like a face that no human would ever make while shooting and you shoot them in the in the head with any of the guns and there is an extremely specific golden eye sound of bullet entering body which is like a thup it's like a thup 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 mm-hmm. thup thup and all other shooters haven't emulated this sound, and it is such a funny sound. So you, a guy comes around a corner, and he goes, huh! and then you shoot him, and he goes, thup, 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 and he goes, uh, uh. it's really, I don't, I cannot convey it to a listener. It's great. I sent you a soundboard, Matt, of yeah. all the GoldenEye sounds, but there's so many sounds that it's impossible to find any of the sounds. I will shout out one of them, though, which is... uh. If you can pull up S31, reloading in GoldenEye does not take hardly any time. Whereas in Fortnite, when you reload, you're like, I am going to get killed while I put bullets into my gun. (laughs) But in GoldenEye, you press a button and you immediately reload. And the the audio feedback of that action is such a satisfying clicky little sound. And it's this sound. Every fucking time. It's It's so fucking good. Over and like you shoot thup, 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 and you immediately hit that button, hear this sound, and then are back into combat. It's so, it's great. It's great. Terrific sound design. Again, it's just such a huge part of a gameplay experience, even if you don't consciously recognize it. Uh, So a lot of uh, the stuff that I saw about the development was pulled from one piece, which I'll put in the chat and we should put in the show notes because it really is an awesome read. Mel Magazine, about five years ago, I think for the game's 20th anniversary or so, it, it it did an oral history of GoldenEye. And it's just got so much content uh, so much context for how this came together. Uh, you know, basically, my takeaway is so much of this game's success is they had a very talented, driven team that had a lot of creative leeway. They were kind of like, you know, left alone, and then they had plenty of time to iterate because they just tried out a bunch of different shit and were just like, yeah, let's put this in there. Let's throw this in there. And because the N64 wasn't out yet, but they had the GoldenEye license, they didn't have the time pressure to make the movies release because they're like, well, fuck it, the movie's already out. I don't know. It kind of seems like take the time you need. And you talked about Heather game developers' faces being in the game. One of those developers also has a named character in the game, uh, as a lot of them do. Uh, David Doak or Doak, Doctor Doak. Uh, you may remember from a mission. Yeah, Doak. I always said it's Doak. Anyway, I remember him from not reading the files, running in, killing all the scientists, <laughs> yeah. and then seeing mission failed and being like, "Oh, right, right." What were you going to say? Quick, Nick? quick, quick tangent on that before I get to this quote. 
I, I the, the pendulum has swung so far from that that I it kind of needs to go back a little bit, right? Because like like I love that about Goldeneye, where it was like, hey, you know what? Read the debris, read the fucking briefing, no. know what your objectives are. No. Uh, I got to this room with the tanks. I have no. to remember to put five no. fucking. No, I, I remember to put the bombs there. No. I don't need. Hold on, Heather. Hold on. <laughs> I don't need an NPC being like James. There are the tanks. Take all five of the bombs and put them on there. Yeah. Okay, that's one bomb. Fair. There are four left. Absolutely fair. That's what I'm talking fair. about. I, the way the way the objectives are presented in just like, hey, here's your mission. Keep this in mind. Take care of these things. And if you don't do all of them, you know what? You're going to fail the mission. Fair, fair. But there's, there's a way to split the difference because I mm-hmm. failed that fucking second level because I am so impatient when it comes to combat. I failed it for every mission there was once uh-huh. and then the it would be like mission failed you didn't blow up the tanks and i was like fucking shit i go back through kill all the scientists blow up the tanks <laughs> exit and it's like mission failed you can't kill all the scientists fuck so i like can't, like save the scientists kill all the guys get my key card blow up the tanks see that dude come out and he's like for England, James, execute. Walk out the door. Failed. You cannot kill the agent. <laughs> like, yeah, it's. It, I wish. <laughs> I wish that instead it you tried, was. You shot 006? Fuck I yeah, shot I did. I was like, him. this guy's a traitor. Blow him I didn't away. Know. What the fuck is he Should've doing watched. in here? <laughs> Should have watched the movie. Although honestly, given Sean Bean's character's arc in the movie. And in the game, well, there, maybe that would it would have saved us all a lot of trouble if you just headshot him back nine years ago. There could just be a text on the bottom of the screen that says "blow up the tanks." Like it doesn't need to be an NPC. It can just be like I'm James Bond. I would have remembered this. Or at the very yes. least, how in modern games you can't you usually can't kill somebody you need. Uh, you uh, you know like I if you in, in like God of War Ragnarok or whatever if they were like kills like if you killed Sindri and got a fail you wouldn't be able to do that like uh, so like if you need somebody like to talk to a specific person in a mission you should make it so that I couldn't just gun them down you know you know a game we can kill a lot of NPCs that you need to to, to advance certain quest line Elden Ring just saying go on Heather that's true that's uh, true I guess I better start fucking eating my hat. But, <laughs> but in Elden Ring, it's it's also it's you can you can't fail state yourself by killing NPCs. Yes. Right. You just you just change the story. And I feel like if I walk in and I spray the entire room of scientists and go room to room executing every fucking scientist on the floor, then it should diverge my pathway and give me like the Anakin survives version of episode three. <laughs> like, it should just, the end of the game should be James Bond walking it up to the queen and blowing her away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, uh, here's the thing. I do kind of like that. The game expects you to uh, read your mission objectives and exhibit some restraint. Cause Ugh. you know, I definitely blasted some scientists and I was like, Oh yeah, I, I'm not supposed to kill scientists on this mission. Like it took me a second to, to remember that. But I, I like, like all I was saying the, 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 Yes, there's a larger discussion. Yes, finding the 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 exact balance is 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 tricky. But I do feel like the pendulum has swung too far in the direction of now we're handholding too much. Yeah, agreed. Because we're terrified that gamers are going to be stuck for for five minutes and then stop playing and ask for a refund. You know, and, and, and like 
Like, like, like there, like no frustration or boredom is ever tolerated in most big releases. And that kind of sucks. And it's kind of cool to play a game like, Hey, this was a huge release where you were just expected to know what your mission was yeah. and do it right. Right. Or, or, or else you'd hard fail and have to repeat it. It is an excellent James Bond simulator in that way. Like James yeah. Bond gets his file and he reads it. And he does his job and I'm not James Bond and forcing me into that mindset is part of the thrill of the game. However, uh, I, I do wish that there was a execute everybody. It, two things. One, uh, I was surprised by how much of this game was effectively first person puzzles. Like, sure. Yeah. Find this key card, open that door, run around a thing, find the Gatling guns, throw a mine at them, you know, like blow up the guns so that the plane can take Like, I was like, uh, I just want to kill everything. Like, let me, it's so satisfying in this game to kill everything. Why would you prevent me from doing it? But I guess that's the experience of being James Bond is he's capable of killing everybody, but he can't. It's a, it's a light stealth game in a lot of ways. Whoa. And it, it, it's, it's very much like a, like a, a metal gear solid. It's like, okay, yes, you can go in and just blast everybody, but honestly, it's going to make it a little bit harder. And there are certain objectives where you have to do things that are a little bit more of a, a on the espionage side. Like, you know, if you're a solid snake and you have to, you have to go take a, a you know, fucking p- photographs of, of metal gear prototypes, yeah. you know, that that's like, that's just part of how, like this guy who's like a like kind of a secret agent infiltrator stuff uh, type it, it kind of all tracks with James Bond and if you do just want to blast you can play the multiplayer like that's what the that's where the blasting is you get some friends together from for some couch multiplayer which we were going to do for this episode and then we all our schedules changed and we weren't able to do it which I'm very upset about it's okay it's been fun we can do it anytime I, just, I feel like we're I feel like we're not doing our due diligence this episode with this topic partly by not getting together for some IRL uh, so if you hear this and yeah. you say if you're a listener and you say they didn't even get together hey guess what we already said that so don't even <laughs> fucking leave the comment all right put your fingers back in their little gloves or whatever it's not for it's, we know you wear little gloves yeah it's not for lack of desire like i've been trying to get these guys over to my house to play 32x for an episode for like i don't know a year but like it's we're adults we have yeah. jobs it's true. And when are we going to do this? At seven o'clock at night on a I, weekday? I'm. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. Yeah, I'm all. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting ready to to read. That's my. That's my window of reading is nighttime. Yeah. What are you reading? <laughs> For a second, I was scared he was back. Oh God! <laughs> I knew. I His knew voice, it wasn't him. Uh, surprisingly smooth. <laughs> That's that's because it's me, the protagonist of uh, James Joyce's Ulysses. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a character fuck? from fiction, not a character from video games. Because I'm asking, what are you reading? Um, you're gonna you're gonna summon him. Be careful. I don't are, want I don't want what that. What are guy. you reading? Huh? Me? Well, right yeah, now I'm, I'm reading actually... the Stormlight trilogy. I just finished. Wow. Uh, I just finished a little life, which was fucking superb. Really, one of the best books I've read in a long time. Uh, it was a recommendation from my future wife, Mary Laws. Uh, but now I'm reading. So there's a book on, <laughs> there's a book on Goodreads. This is a, this is a pretty, pretty big tangent here, but I'll, 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 yeah. I'll bend back. Uh, there's a book on Goodreads that has like the most highly rated 
It's the most highly rated book on all of Goodreads. And it's the third book in the Stormlight trilogy, which is The Way of Kings, Oathbringer, and whatever the third one is called. If I did it, the OJ story. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, well, I got to read this book. Unfortunately, each of these books is like a thousand pages long. So I'm like 600 pages into The Way of Kings you know, chugging through it, being like, okay, okay, when are we going to get to the part where it becomes great? Because right now it's, it's not my favorite. And, and then, and I might be doing a disservice to it by having read it after a fucking masterpiece. But, uh, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't dislike it. Had to go to San Diego yesterday to get six more hours of tattooing done. And that's a three-hour drive. Guess what I listened to? The Way of Kings. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah, there you it's go. so nice to be able to listen to a book and then pick it back up in paperback. I was going to say the that that Goodreads list kind of probably is a, a lot like the IMDb Top 250 movies where it's like, hey, there's some good stuff on here, but also there's a lot of just like dorm poster movies. You know what I mean? There's a lot like like stuff that, that the kind of people who are very online – uh, like is going to be overrated a little bit, and that absolutely tracks with a high fantasy trilogy. Uh, but anyway, let me get back to this quote I was going to say. The, this is David Doak, the developer. Quote, there was no paradigm for what games would be in 3D. Everything was coded from scratch, particularly making a 3D game on a completely new piece of hardware like the N64. Literally, the engine was built by sitting down with graphics textbooks and figuring out every step of the way. It's just like it's it's again, it's it feels miraculous that they were able to put this together. They were like, how do we make a 3D game? I don't fucking know. Get your math book. Let's figure that out. You know, what I mean, it's just like 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 nowadays you, you get a you know, on the sh- off the shelf solution like Unity and Unreal. By the way, I was just I was thinking when I was thinking about this topic, I was realizing there's probably a younger generation of gamers who don't realize that Unreal was ever a video game. They're just like, oh yeah, Unreal Engine. Yeah, it's like, no, that was a fucking game at some point. But like, anyway, what I was gonna say, there is there there was no there was no engine you could license really. I mean, I mean, there there were certainly weren't off the shelf uh, software packages where you, where you could just sort of like fucking develop your three D game and and focus on just that side of it. You had to figure out all of the. Uh, you had, they they built an engine from scratch. They had to code an engine from nothing, and that's just. It's just amazing that they were able to do to to, to accomplish what they accomplished, given those restraints. Um, another thing up from this article, multiplayer was added in the final four months of development is basically just a bonus mode. And it that's kind of a, a, another kind of miraculous thing of just like, oh, we got a little extra time until the ships. Let's throw in a multiplayer. And that becomes like, in a lot of ways, the defining aspect of this game. Like this game does not have the long, long uh, tail of of success and nostalgia for it. If it doesn't have this multiplayer mode that people put, you know, hundreds of hours into with their friends. That That's where I think a lot of people's strongest memories are from. It's just just, you know, sitting down with their buddies and, um, you know, making fun of the guy who picked odd job uh for for being a cheater yeah don't look uh, at and my a lot screen of che- don't look at my screen <laughs> yeah uh and a lot of the cheats and moats were added as jokes just because they had extra time uh this is another david Doak quote it's been interesting to me in the last few years as various golden eye anniversaries come up there's always the memory that people have about the game it's like golden eye was so important to me because i played it to death and then they add with my friends or my brothers or my sisters or whatever. So in a way, it hooked into a lot of people's childhood memories of playing with their friends. That's why I love good old couch-based multiplayer. I've never had as much fun playing online as I've had playing with people in the same room. 
cosine. This game, the game's happening and everyone's invested in that, but all the trash talk and messing around, you know, it's a very good social experience that games today are missing. And, and I don't, I guess couch-based co-op is just never coming back or couch-based multiplayer is just never coming back competitive either mm-hmm. uh the, the closest we had of the, the of that happening was the the brief Wii sports fad i felt like the the you know the Wii games that you got together irl for but nowadays it's all kind of moved online and that is kind of a bummer because i don't know it is fun to play games with other people in person yeah yeah because like the ones that i mean there are there are few and far between but i feel like a lot of times now it's like your um you know your jackbox games are the ones that you you get together with and you play with uh with friends or you know uh like it takes two or something right like you have to, i don't think that's like online no you can play that online oh, okay yeah i i think the i think that honestly what you're talking about jackbox and and even a, and it takes two i think that that probably what we will end up with is either a vr sort of situation where we're inhabiting the same sort of vr space and that kind of feels like it or we just get to and or you know, simultaneous video chat while we're playing games kind of like becomes pretty seamless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of a bummer that you, cause oh, it's a, going back to odd job. If, if you just put golden eye 007 as is, as multiplayer, everyone's just picking odd job because the, when you're playing multiplayer, everyone's just trying to min max for the most part. Right. And so, but if you're playing with a group of friends, one, one, uh, you know, dipshit pl- picks odd job and then you can make fun of him. I don't know. It's just a different sensation. This is the this is similar to uh, the people who have determined which Fortnite characters have the smallest hitboxes, and it's like, right. wow. When I see a crash test dummy, I'm a little bit like, really, really? <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna play you're not gonna play as Naruto or something. You're not gonna play as like f- fucking like a banana. A big. But if ranking up was your only priority, that would be your choice. That is. That's true. That's true. Uh, can I make a correction about something I said earlier? Sure. It's not the third book of the Stormlight Archive that's the highest rated book of all time on Goodreads. It's the second, Words of Radiance. Mm. Oh. Um, there you go. I, I looked up the top five books uh, uh, on ratings on Goodreads, and it's Words of Radiance, which has 290,000 reviews with a 4.75. Whoa. Then Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which is 4.62. Return of the King, 4.5. Six of Crows, number two, with 4.6. And A Storm of Swords, A Song of Fire and Ice, uh, with 4.5. So it is extremely well-reviewed. So, so this is all, but though, you hear that, I hear that list. I'm just like, this is all just fucking nerds voting on this. These are all just nerd culture. Yeah. Bits. Really? Cause, cause, I don't mean, I don't mean no, like, no, I don't make no, classic no, bookworms. No, no, no. These are just fucking no, no, nerds. No, because no, you've got Know My Name by Channel Miller is in the top 10. You've got the mouse, you know, that, that very famous uh, a Holocaust. That banned book. Banned book? Yeah. Yeah. Graphic novel, though. Sh- yeah. Kind of a nerd thing. I, I don't know. I, just, I feel like these things, these sorts of, these sorts of, if we were actually making like, hey, we're going to, what are the actual top 10 books of all time? I feel like we'd see some more proof. You know, you'd see like a Nabokov in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care. I also don't give a shit. I'm just saying like these things tend to be uh, fucking nerds who are super online, put their thumbs up. Well, here's what I'll say too. Mm-hmm. 
You rate any book, you're a nerd. Um, but I, <laughs> any fucking book doesn't matter if it's a fucking classic piece of literature. You're even a bigger nerd, I think, if you're like actually, uh, yeah, Proust is is the uh, uh, my guy. You know, sure. Go hear a song or something. Um, hear a song? Yeah, I don't know. It's better. Uh, I have two updates. Yeah. One, you guys didn't know I was doing this. I listened to every single. Um, one of those sound cues uh, a little bit ago. Wow. To, to see if I could try and find the specific ones that um, <laughs> Heather was talking about so I could play it for you guys. Um, I did not find the walking sound effect, which is a bummer. But I did find two sound effects that I thought were interesting. I've heard this one might be the one um, for um, a bullet passing through somebody. Mm, um, I don't that know. That sounds like a know. ricochet. Maybe yeah. a ricochet? Sup. Um, but all the, all the vocal sounds that are here are, uh, were either uploaded incorrectly or, um, pitched differently. And they all sound like this. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm listening to these. I'm hearing a lot of gunshots, a lot of, uh, like, pieces of paper turning everything sounds normal and then i get to the voices and it's just great so i was like oh god that's good stuff. it was really funny for me so i had to share it uh let me share something else while we're sh- while we're in sharing mode this is a qa report from the game's development shortly before release i don't know if you if you all can see this here yeah but this was the era you know this was this was submitted by facts and the QA team was recording bugs on VHS and documenting them in text and then faxing over a bug report. Jesus Christ. Uh, presumably with, with accompanying tapes. So, like, here's one it says, you know, uh, bug uh, 263, attract mode. The game screen froze on the attract mode when Xenia's profile started. This occurred the first time through the demo. This has only occurred one time. Tape time, 645 through 655. Uh, multiplayer. The game regularly locks up in the library basement and stack levels. Gun battles are usually going on with the lockups occur. This lockup occurs on a regular basis. We've had these lockups at least a couple hundred times. No lockups have occurred in any other multiplayer levels. Tape time, 525 through 555. 655 through 718. I mean, just this imagine is, trying to replicate these bugs. Yeah. And, this then, is, and, then, and then debug them. This is also like seeing... So video games are effectively the same. Console plugs into the television. Right. Mm -hmm. That's your that's your experience of a game. Either that or it's handheld. This is like finding out that that system was concurrent with telegrams like, oh, man, we got to we got to tell somebody that Goldeneye breaks down. If there's too many uh, characters on screen, somebody telegraph to somebody the time code of what we experienced. It's fucking insane that there was a analog pipeline simultaneous to a digital pipeline yeah and and it's just again just a, i keep saying i keep saying miracle that's that's hyperbolic but it is just like this game's development feels uh feels like that uh egm in 1997 november 1997 there i think for their 100th issue they ranked the the top 100 games of all time and GoldenEye was number 25, so it had just released just a few months earlier. And they're like, this game's so fucking good, this this goes above Chrono Trigger. Uh, this uh, this game, 
<laughs> they were wrong about that. 100% Chrono Trigger is aged way better than this game and is better a better game. But it is just kind of interesting, like what an immediate impact it had. Uh, let me read some of this. And this is this is just, just an interesting timestamp. Uh, 25, GoldenEye 007, Nintendo 64, 1997. The game, a first-person shooter. All right, it's a Doom clone that lets you control 007 in various missions that follow the movie. It made the list because this is easily the best movie game and most importantly, the best first-person game ever. The atmosphere, graphics, and attention to detail are incredible. The multiplayer mode is simply fabulous, better even than Mario Kart 64. I should note that EGM was only doing covering console games at the time, so this being the best first-person game ever is, you know, a, a reasonable stance. Uh, coolest part, all the different reactions that the enemies have when they are shot. Wounds to the buttocks usually provoke the best animations. Even better, watching these reactions through the scope of your sniper rifle. Did you know the game is, uh, is arriving roughly two years after the movie and only a few scant months before the new 007 sequel, Tomorrow Never Dies? I, I want to give a shout out to the animation where a guy rolls. Like, if, you, oh, if yes. you're like mowing down people, there might be a guy who sees that and he's like, I got this. And he goes into a dive and yeah. sort of does like a floor roll before standing up in what seems like slow motion to shoot you. And uh, even if you here's the a problem with this game is that if you make the AI better by turning it on the like and, and the game more difficult by turning it on to. 007 agent or whatever the fucking difficulty this is like, just double. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you add more fucking puzzles that you have to solve. And that's. Not what I want. I want a game where the killing is harder and I'm more vulnerable, but there are no puzzles and you just have to make it through the game. As it is, I would run top speed through the level, not killing anybody, get to the final room and turn around because then all of the little guys would run through the door and <laughs> you could just <laughs> kill everybody from the entire level if you could find a place to bottleneck them. That's that's satisfying. I also got stuck on some stairs and stuff because like pe there's so many bodies that like before they would dissolve and a frame rate would drop really hard. But that's a that's a big part of what of what makes the game a little bit tricky to play is just like you're so used to, especially in first person games, like like, you know, closer to 60 FPS to play a game that's like for a lot of it feels like 15 to 20 FPS. Yeah, it's just is is very sluggish and. Uh, and and you know and and headache inducing. Uh, I actually have that higher difficulty gives you more mission objectives as a plus in my like like that's part of what I like about this that you've got like oh I've got to I've got to place the fucking modem now or whatever or I've got to blow up this other thing Boo. or I've got to make sure this NPC survives. I like that. I don't. Boo. I think it's an interesting way to handle difficulty <laughs> because it's not just like hey the enemies are 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 more bullet sponges right. and they do more damage right, and they're more right, accurate. Right, right, it's like right. oh you've actually got more stuff you've got to keep in mind. I think it's cool. Uh, I also like the this is a thing we talked about before recording but you pause this game James Bond's going to check his watch. That's great. That's, good That's stuff. a great great polished detail. It just comes up, and it's it's just there, and it's great, and you can. It's I feel like it. it, it I, I just it's, it's a sleek design too. It looks cool, um, because you know he's got his. You got the animation of, yeah, his arm going into frame. Yeah. Your, your 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 POV looks down at the watch, and then it takes over the frame, and that's your pause screen. And it plays, and it feels very James Bondy. It plays really good music too. Yeah, it's great. Do we have that music? This is this is also extremely mimetic on TikTok and YouTube was a uh, uh, 
viral video where these guys came in and they're like, hey, I've been working on this James Bond pause music sound. And the other guy's like, you didn't have to go this hard. And it play and they play this song and they all jam to it. It's funny to think of a world where they didn't get the music license, but they got everything else. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. They tried, apparently, speaking of licenses, they were trying to get all the previous James Bonds in as like multiplayer characters. They just couldn't get the the rights, the rights. And uh, but they did get every GoldenEye character and a few other uh, Bond characters. Apparently, the, the only GoldenEye character actually they didn't get is Jack Wade. Have you seen the movie is the American CIA agent? Um, and he was the one person who didn't sign likeness rights. Really? That's yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I mean, we don't, no one fucking that's the other. No one fucking knew. It's like, oh, you're making a video game of the movie. Yeah, sure. All right. It's like it's like, hey, we're going to make you an action figure. Yeah, sure. All right. It was a completely different era. You weren't thinking of it in in the way you do. Yeah. Because um, I know when they did the. um. They did a from uh, from Russia with love video game, mm-hmm. uh, and Sean Connery came back and did the like did the voice for it, and um, I think I remember reading. He's like, I don't know what a fucking video game is, but like uh, my grandkids were excited about it, so I did it, and I made sure that I got a copy for them in my contract. That's one hundred percent it. Yeah. No, that is one hundred percent it. And I because I remember I was working in the industry at the time. Yeah. That was an EA game, but the story that we that got circulated was uh he like no like he wasn't gonna do it until they were like, We'll get you the game for your grandkids. Yeah. And he was like, All right. <laughs> like the money didn't matter to him at that point. But uh, I've I, I you know I haven't I never I didn't have experience with prior James Bonds to Daniel Craig or uh playing Goldeneye, but I did um, play one James Bond video game in my life, and it was James Bond 007 Everything or Nothing for the PlayStation 2, uh, mm. which is a sort of like third person, you know, cover uh, shooter action game, and it, it's good. Pierce Brosnan's there. I don't have a lot of context for Pierce Brosnan in general other than uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, I think. Well, treat yourself. Check out some Brosnan. He's handsome. He's a handsome guy. So hung. Have they Scottish hung. Have they announced who the new Bond is? No, but um, it's me. <laughs> I know that Liam. That'd be a bold choice. I know that I'd be in favor of it. There's an interview with Liam Neeson where his wife was like, "If you, because they offered him Bond, and mm-hmm. she was like, if you take Bond, we're getting a divorce. Yikes! Or or we're not going to get married or something. Like it was like you can't do this. I don't want this in my life. No." And so that's why we don't have um, a Liam Neeson bond. Phil Jackson, the NBA coach, mm-hmm. he coached the Chicago Bulls, your Chicago yeah, Bulls. No, I know your who, I, Chicago Bulls, I know Heather. who Phil, I know you know. Phil Jackson is. It's one of the sports prerequisites of Chicago. So he coaches your Chicago Bulls, retires after winning six championships with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And then he gets the opportunity to coach the Shaq Kobe Lakers. 
And it's the same situation, Matt. His wife is like, uh, is like, if you you have to choose between basketball and me, because when you're you're coaching a basketball team, they'd like, I, I don't see you. And he's like, well, we're gonna get divorced. And he went and took, <laughs> he won three championships with the Lakers. That's insane. I, yeah. That's like, I mean, that's bad. Yeah. Just period, like that's bad. No, is it? But it's like on. the end of the Hurt Locker, though, where he's like, no. "Hey, like I gotta get fucking back out there." I, 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 I want to see if there's a, a needle to thread here, which is that you shouldn't be provide. Like, if you're married to a basketball coach or an actor, and yeah. you're like, "I don't want you to do the thing that you've been put on Earth to do," like, not that any of us has a purpose or meaning, but like, yeah, it, you, you, it's. It's a little like, but that's like, there's got to be a way to find, like, I'm not going to get mad at Mary because she has late office hours writing. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Ultimatums that's, like that are, 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 bad. are garbage. They're, yeah. They're bad. But you can say, hey, you can do this, but on the off time, we need to be a lot closer in order to make up for it in the, in the off season, in hiatus or, or whatever. Yeah. Like there's. There's ways to make marriage work that aren't you cannot do the thing. So, you know, in the in the tradition of 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 get played, I just got to be a little anti-feminist here and a little anti-wife. <laughs> <laughs> We're the reverse wife guys. <laughs> we don't fucking do that. I was trying to remember because the, the, the thing that I never messed around with is the previous Golden Eye re-releases. Uh, did did either of you ever uh, ever play any of those? Because they did it a few times. They did like a I can't remember if it was called Reloaded. What the fuck was it? They 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 did one for PS3. There was a there was a Perfect Dark re-release that I that I dabbled in because Perfect Dark mm -hmm. has levels from GoldenEye in it, uh, with updated weapons. So you can play Facility in, uh, in Perfect Dark as a multiplayer cool. level, which is great. You know, that's that feels like a DLC in 19 in 2000 or whenever the fuck that game came out. I think because it came with my DS, I believe it was a pack in with my DS. I played a demo for the GoldenEye on DS. Hmm. I never played the full game, um, but I probably messed around with that for a little bit and it was kind of like this is, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never played it. <laughs> yeah the the remake of the remake came out in 2010. Oh, that's right, it was on the Wii too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, I guess it didn't have a subtitle, but yeah, that one that one was they had a DS and a Wii version and a PS3 and Xbox 360 version. I think it was not well received critically, but I don't remember. We're kind of middling, it seems like. Um, but yeah, I never messed around with that. This is honestly my first outside of emulators this is my first time coming back to it since it was since its heyday. I, I guess I would say I, I you know I I do I do wish we'd gotten together to play some multiplayer. I do think that's such a huge part of this game. I do think that's but but having played through a, a good amount of the campaign on on two platforms, I, I think it is just like it's it's a real time capsule. It doesn't really hold up. It doesn't. But it it's is heartbreaking. But it is a, yeah, it's it's a bummer that that like you know you can play other games from 1997, uh, and they're they're still very playable. This one kind of isn't. I, I guess the Xbox Live version, the Xbox Game Pass version, rather, kind of is. But 
it is just like really cool. And I, I, I love that, that, that from a curation aspect that, that, that like people have access to it now in an easy way. Like you don't have to have a CRT and an N64 and, 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 and a functional cartridge to hook it all up. You just like, you can have play it on switch or play it on game pass. That's great. That being said, if you have that opportunity, take it, get those three things, get the cart, get the N64 and get the PVM and like treat yourself. Treat yourself sure. to a smooth Sunday afternoon. And then once you're done playing with GoldenEye, you can drop in Mario 64 or any of the other N64 classics like Mario 64 or Mario 64. I think I think that's something... Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean... Some winners there. I think Banjo-Kazooie from Rare. <laughs> I think the thing that, like, for me, and maybe, I don't know if it's just, like, it's it's just, like, the way things are now... When they bring these, when they re-release these things, or they make these things more widely available, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to, it's hard to not just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna play this, try it out," and then be like, yeah, "All right, I'm done." <laughs> like, because I don't know, it's not. I don't think they're meant to hold up in the way that, like, I don't know, like even. New, like newer classics i guess i would qualify them like playstation 2 even or something they're not i don't know if they're meant to hold up in the in the same way where like like me playing through jack and daxter i was like this plays exactly how i remember it this place it plays great it looks pretty good that's fine but then like when they um bring something back like this it's like oh cool look wow oh goldeneye on a modern console great yeah right that's fine i get it well, like Halo, for instance, yeah. comes out four years later. Mm-hmm. Also a first-person shooter, also on console. Much more playable in modern terms yes. than this game was. But also, it was another generation of hardware. And, you know, there'd been a bunch of iteration on console FPS and figuring out how those are supposed to be designed and controlled. And so, you know, that that's four years can be a... a Especially that era of game development. Four years four years was a massive amount of time. Yeah. It, I'm glad we played it. I'm glad we talked about it. I was really, I was expecting to come into this episode allegorical guns blazing, super hype, because this is 100% the kind of game that I should have been like, holy fucking shit, what a great time. And it, 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 it made me... It felt like I was like playing with a dog that's about to be put down. Like <laughs> it was so Jesus. Hard. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not that. That's okay. That, that's too much. But it, it it was. I was really sad playing this game and it not being lovely. That being said, I shared a, a TikTok with you guys in the thread, which is uh, a, a, a bunch of young people being introduced to GoldenEye. So this is just the sound of, of kids being introduced to GoldenEye uh, here in uh, the year of our Lord, 2023. I don't understand. <laughs> Was it grandpas? They said they don't know how to plug in the controllers. Wait, 
video game. Born in the 16th century, what is this? Uh. <laughs> what is this? Why is it like the kid, the, the kid said. Words? What is the point of this useless game? I've got like two kills. Okay, what do you think of this game? Good. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so after griping about the game for the entirety of the TikTok and being like, what, were you born in the 16th century? What is an N64? Did it belong to grandpa? You can see them slowly come around to it being fun. And that gives me a little hope that maybe I pulling off my ro rose-colored glasses and playing GoldenEye again and being disappointed by it doesn't mean that it is necessarily inherently bad because if a kid can like it so can you listener i think i think if we all sat down and played this on n64 by the way I, that reminded me how much like wires used to not that they're not a part of it but wired controllers used to be such a big mm -hmm. part of playing games especially playing multiplayer games of like ah you're you're like your cable getting pulled out or just being tangled with someone else's or having to wind up your controller when you were done playing so the cable wasn't a mess anyway i was gonna say like i think if i think if the three of us had gotten together and played this on n64 multiplayer we would have had a blast as as nauseating and dated as it often is <laughs> i don't think you guys would have had any fun I would have had, so I would have had a blast. I think, I think you would That's, like would... appear and get killed over and over again. And it would just be really, it would be a disappointing experience for you both. But you, but this is the thing. That's your own framing of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being killed. So I'm not having fun. I'd be having fun because I'd be hanging out with yeah, my friends. Don't threaten me with a good time. Getting killed, you say? <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, those were all of our thoughts. On GoldenEye 007, or most of our thoughts, I'm sure we had more to say, but fucking whatever, that's what we remembered to say. Uh, on GoldenEye 007, now it's time for the Uplay of the We Play. You play. It's your review crew, the Ryu crew. M. Heather, I said Ryu crew. I, re, re, the Ryu crew. I feel like maybe uh, all the Capcom characters are taking a break. Let me let me just queue it up again, see if it materializes. Right. It's your review crew, the Ryu crew. Uh, Hadouken. No, that sounds like the soundboard version that I had for the other stuff. <laughs> I mean, I can do it. Hadouken. Yeah, that'd be great. That's nice. Oh, okay. It's nice. Yeah, that was, that was nice. Capcom. Get your characters in order. I I feel like Ryu is dealing with a lot because he's probably taking care of his friend Ken right now. In I know he's dealing with Ken's the... divorce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? Perfect. That was a complete accident. I mean, it was great drop, but keep it in the keep it in the show. I will. Um, why don't we play a voicemail, huh? Let's start with a voicemail. We love voicemails. And by the way, speaking of voicemails, if you have called in the past and have heard the generic, uh, this Google subscriber is unavailable to talk and have been discouraged from leaving a voicemail, maybe try calling again. Maybe you'll hear a familiar voice greeting you and saying you are in fact in the right place. So do that. 
next time, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED, that's 616-275-2933. Off the dome, baby. Off the dome. Uh, And here we go. Here's our first voicemail in the Ryu crew. The name is Bond. James Bond. Just kidding. And Frank is from the Discord. Goldeneye. The controls are awkward. The frame rate's choppy. The graphics are murky. The objectives are obtuse. But I love every second of it. It's got to be a 10 out of 10, baby. Whoa. I just booted up my N64 copy yesterday, and I found I've never beaten from uh, the depot and on on double O agent mode. So now I have a goal for the rest of the year. Edge. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey. Edge right back at you, buddy. That was, that was great. That was great. That was great. At first, I was like, okay, James Bond called us. And then he said, just kidding. I was like, okay, you got me. I fell for it. Yeah. Um. Here's another, here's another voicemail. Hello, Get Played. This is Half Thumb from Canada. When it comes to Goldeneye, I think we all had the friend who played too much. I do remember a game where my friend had memorized all of the spawn points in Facility, and he placed Proximity Mines at every spawn point. So after killing <laughs> me one, I died probably ten more times following that. Game wasn't so fun after that, but... The campaign is great. Good soundtrack too. Bye now. I that unlocked a memory for me, which was doing that exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> spawn camping. I, I guess. I guess is spawn camping a thing in Fortnite? Or you don't really can't mm. really tell where someone's going to spawn. Right. There's no. There's also no respawning. Yeah. I mean, you can drop into areas that are usually heavily populated. But you're also at risk of not arriving at a weapon before somebody else does. Right. It's not the same as like, hey, I'm I got I'm fully loaded here. I got I got all my arsenal and someone's going to spawn with just the you know starter weapon. And I can blast them right away. Uh, I was going to say the yeah, I mean. I, I think definitely that becomes a thing of just like the person who's who knows the maps too well and has figured out how to min max this experience and is focused on winning among your circle of friends. Uh, for me, it was like so much of my again, I just think of like playing playing Half-Life at the same time that the that people on my dorm floor, I'm that fucking old, were playing Goldeneye and it just being like it just felt like a, a completely different experience. Um, so. Especially when you're playing, you could play first person games with online multiplayer, uh, you know, PC games, and then you're going to play the split screen thing where you can see where everyone else is if you're cheating. Um, and you've got like a quarter of a of a twenty inch CRT. I don't know. It's just a completely different experience. Uh, but let's uh, let's get another an, another reaction. Okay. How about this? This is another voicemail, and then we're done voicemails. Hey Heather. Hey Nick. And hey Matt. It's Mister Viper from the Discord here. One of my favorite things about the game Goldeneye is that there's a weapon that's both functionally terrible and also named after someone. I'm talking, of course, about the Clob. It's objectively the worst weapon in the game with terrible accuracy, very low damage and absolutely no penetration power. The story is that the gun was originally called the Spider. Trademark issues made it, so they had to name it something else. Ken Lobb was a developer, and they just named it after him. But he was known for being boisterous and brash, qualities shared with his weapon namesake. So my question for you all is, if you got the honor of having a super shitty, ineffective, awful weapon in a video game named after you, what would the weapon be? And which of your personality traits would translate into the aspects of this terrible weapon? Uh, love the show, and thank you guys for all the amazing content. Bye. 
Uh, awesome comment. Just a little more context on this, because this was another thing that I that I'd read is that the so actually I have quotes here. This is uh, this is from a couple of developers. Uh, first quote. So the whole team just started up making names that sound appropriate for the guns, except for the Clob, which we named after Ken Lob, who was one of the most senior guys at Nintendo at the time and was a big supporter of the game within Nintendo. So like their publisher side champion. And then uh, the, another quote, the club famously doesn't shoot straight. I remember Ken came in, Ken Lobb came in excited one day and said, you guys, you named a gun after me. We told him that's the good news. The bad news is we named it after you because it's loud and inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. What An all time own. I so I want to I want to give a shout out to the club because you can dual wield it. And it is everything that has just been leveled as a complaint makes it one of my favorite weapons in the game <laughs> because you can run at somebody dual wielding the club and you can get them with like 20 or 30 of those thup sounds before they go down. Like it'll be like thup, 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 and then they'll go, ugh. And then, yeah, uh, Mr. Viper Shitty. asked us a question. Um, Shitty weapon. What would your weapon be? And, uh, yeah. I always think of how uh, when Street Fighter 2 was big and Sagat, you know, has his tiger, tiger, tiger uppercut, I would always get on the playground, Weiger, Weiger, Weiger uppercut. So I guess I'd like to be like a, uh, and later, Weiger knee. Um, I guess I'd like to just, as long as I could be <clears throat> vocalized anime style, like whatever the Weiger is, I think, I think what it would be is that, is that someone would be like, Weiger, and then they would charge up and then they would just like curl into a, 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 a little ball so that, you know, they'd be kind of, uh, they just kind of turtle up and, and, and armor up a yeah. little bit. You could come at them, but they were not, they're not going to give you anything back in return. I would choose a weapon that had an extremely high velocity so that you could, and an, and an almost endless magazine, right? So you could load like 500 bullets into it, but the bullets would only do one HP of damage. <laughs> so... In order to like kill somebody in in Fortnite, you'd have to do like 250 damage. So you'd have to hit them with 250 bullets. So you'd sp like it would just be it would just be the satisfaction of of attacking without the dissatisfaction of the encounter ending. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like you're power washing someone to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be my That's shitty great. weapon. <laughs> uh, mine would be, um, it'd be, it would be, <laughs> it would be the sunlight gun from Metal Gear Solid Four and Boktai, but he would say <laughs> Apodaca instead. <laughs> Apodaca, uh, yeah, <laughs> Apodaca. Otenko. <laughs> um, <laughs> sunlight yeah uh, so good uh so those are the voicemails let me, let me just read a couple of these uh real quick from our discord discord.gg slash get played um this one's from the odd tech 
Maybe it's because I never stopped playing, but it kind of holds up. Less than this is a good modern release way and more in a, wow, this changed everything way. The controls on the re-release are so much worse than the N64. Use the right controller and it still works. I think the... It, 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 it's, it's a great observation. And the reason I've kind of retconned my, my you know, PC thug skepticism towards this game over the years is because, you know, the medium is the message. The platform was so huge that this was available on Nintendo mm-hmm. 64, you know, and, and, you know, an era where PC gaming was financially out of reach for a lot of people or technically out of reach for a lot of people. But, you know, everyone had fucking consoles and... That you could, you know, that 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 this was uh, was available on uh, on a Nintendo system was so huge, and that that's just like a, a big part of why it's such a defining, uh, you know, piece of media that's 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 been released in this uh, in this genre. I mean, it's just it's it's like 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 yeah, maybe lagged behind PC shooters at the time, PC first person shooters at the time, but it was on the Nintendo sixty four, and that in and of itself counts for a ton. Same deal with Halo. Halo being on Xbox was just like so fucking huge. Um, This next one's from uh, DVA with a handgun uh, from our Discord. Uh, With nostalgic goggles on, the game still slaps, especially on slappers only. Without the goggles, (laughs) not so much. The controls are so janky and the camera has no chill. It's a feat to get headshots. I think you absolutely need that abomination, the N64 controller, to play it as it's supposed to be played. I played on Xbox Series X, by the way. P.S. Slappers Only is the only way to play with friends. Slappers Only, the mode where you just can use the chop, which animates like a slap. Yeah. It's really funny. And by the way, by the way, a slapper is apparently a, a British slang for a uh, promiscuous lady. Oh. Yeah. That bird's a real slapper, <laughs> you might say. <laughs> they got a word for everything. Uh, <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> They're all funny. Um, yeah. This one's from, uh, from Jeff B. And this will be our last one. My earliest memory of laughing so hard I stopped breathing was when playing Goldeneye at my friend's place with nothing but proximity mines, where any quarter can be an explosive death or a poorly animated slap to the face. 10 out of 10. So much of the, the, the like, again, you know, just how this game kind of came together and, and its enduring legacy is like stuff that was kind of like added in is just like for funsies. Like, you know, all the cheat codes and modes that unlock as you hit certain times, uh, speed running through the levels and, you know, things like big head mode or golden gun or, yeah, proximity mines only, you know. Uh, like like uh, like so much of that stuff was just sort of like hey this is some bonus content and yeah. it ended up being what what defines the whole package i would imagine too that like just because of the time of release um mm-hmm. it, you know just culturally there were fewer games coming out in general not like now where you could sort of play a new game like every day if you wanted to if you had the every means and hour had, yeah <laughs> there's like so many new games all the time so there's fewer games right. being released and Back then, it would be like, okay, I got one game a year, kind of. So this is like my game that I'm going to play. You would play through this game, the campaign or whatever, and be like, okay, I'm done. And if you couldn't play multiplayer, you would have to make your own fun. And this game had so much packed into it that that was easier to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So everyone has like a specific uh, memory of like, oh, I only used Proximity Mines to get through the whole game on one playthrough or whatever. Oh, I did a slappers only um, playthrough one time. And, you know, you could do so much because it had so much in it, which I think is great. 
Yeah, some of those ones I'm not sure if you can do in yeah. single player, but they certainly are available in multiplayer. But I I will say that the the speedrunning community for this game has endured, and that's a large part because they had I, I you don't know how intentional it was, I don't know how accidental it was, but like they they had the foresight to include target times on different difficulties to try to get certain you know quote unquote achievements mm-hmm. before achievements existed uh, to unlock things and so you yes you would have to your point Matt you would have the impetus to replay things to try to marginally improve your times to try to 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 get more content and that extended its replay value also multiplayer anything has infinite replay value like for sure you could in theory sit down with friends and play any multiplayer game from history and have a new experience. And that's, I mean, so much of the value of this cartridge was just that, just that it's like factions made last of us survive so much longer than if it had just been a solo player campaign for me. People spend their lives playing chess or golf with friends like it's just like this is like people play like that's a part of being a human being is finding games to play to amuse yourself <laughs> that's the i read proust version of uh playing games my favorite multiplayer game i think i say backgammon <laughs> <laughs> all right fucking nerd <laughs> complaining about the goodreads list aren't you <laughs> fuck you <laughs> jesus <laughs> I was just what you were just saying, Heather, and we've gone long and we got to wrap things up. But but I just I had a I talked to a, 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 a I was at the bank recently and I was talking to the employee there and he happened to be a gamer and he was like, what's your game you play when you just want to chill out? And I was like, I don't have an answer. That's not how I play games. I think I need one. I think I need a game that's just like this is a game I'm going to play that I just I got an hour to a half hour to kill and I'm just going to chill out for a little bit. I don't have anything Tetris like effect, that. baby. Tetris effect. Could be Tetris effect. I do like Tetris. I need objectives, though. Mm. Like, something that's just an endless mode doesn't really compel me. I don't need an ending, but I do need objectives. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to think on it. Yeah, maybe read a book or something. Yeah, maybe I will. I'll take your <laughs> suggestions in our Discord, uh, which is uh, linked to in our episode description. And hey, we'll wrap up this week's Get Played. Our engineering is by Jordan Duffy, Jordan K. Duffy on Instagram. And also check out our premium show, Get Animated. Heather, we're watching Blue Lock. We're watching Blue Lock. It's a soccer anime, but it's not a soccer anime. It's a fighting anime. So if you like fighting, it is fighting. It just sounds like soccer and looks like soccer, but it's written yeah. just like a fighting anime. And if you if you like soccer, you know, it might make you mad because it's not super accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which episodes are we covering now? Are we on three and four? It'll be three and four, yeah, when this comes out. Yeah. Fantastic. So you can uh, watch Blue Lock on Crunchyroll and, and follow along with us on patreon.com slash getplayed or on Stitcher Premium, where the episodes will be releasing in just a little bit while longer. Yeah. Great. There you go. And guys, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of like a way to do it where it's- Hologan! <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Switch. <laughs> I was trying to be like, like a Bond villain, and I couldn't. Come, I just couldn't come up with something. But it's mm. okay. Seems like you came to play, Mister Bond. But it turns out you got played. That's really good. Thup 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 thup. 